You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This Pride Month is borderline out of control. Pride Month. You know, we have Veterans Day. We have Memorial Day. But Pride Month. And it's out of hand. And Joe Biden thinks if you're not waving the flag and fully on board, if you're concerned about the privacy of your children, of your family, and somehow you must be an ultra mega bigot. Yeah, that's what he's selling. I don't have to tell you about the ultra-MAGA agenda attacking families and our freedoms. 300 discriminatory bills introduced in states across this country. In Texas, knocking on front doors to harass and investigate parents who are raising transgender children. In Florida, going after Mickey Mouse, for God's sake. (laughs) Cheap laugh from a liberal crowd. The Florida... So-called don't say gay bill is nothing like that. It's about maintaining privacy for the families. You don't want some stranger talking to your kid about sex. And Texas, we don't want kids taking experimental hormonal therapy. These are very reasonable uh, provisions, laws. They are. Joe Biden went woke. The country didn't. The mainstream country did not. And then this got very weird. You heard about the situation in Idaho? Just look at what happened in Idaho last weekend. 31 white supremacists stopped just before they reached the Pride celebration, where they apparently planned to unleash violence on people gathering peacefully in a show of their pride. I'm grateful for the swift response of law enforcement. And they responded. They responded. I've got my doubts about this whole Idaho situation. It's very strange. It's being, well... Some aspects of it are being covered up, like a transgender individual was in the mix there and wanting to raise hell. Robert John Stoms, also arrested, but somehow overlooked in all of this. It's those white supremacists. By the way, we don't like white supremacists, okay? But we'll get back to that. If somebody wants to protest peacefully, whatever their viewpoint is, they're allowed to. Back to the White House, Joe Biden brought a high school senior into the mix. I fear other students in Florida and across the country would not be able to get the same support because of hateful legislation like the Don't Say Gay Bill. I've been proud to work side by side with fellow students and allies in the community to fight back against this legislation that seeks to make schools in my state a more dangerous and hostile place to be LGBTQ+. They're hiding behind an 18-year-old kid. That's hyperbole. He's wrong. It's fear-mongering. I don't care if he's a nice guy and he's wearing a white suit and he's 18. He's lying. 
You know, America, we're just not bigoted. Our culture is one of tolerance, even pop culture. Who remembers the Blues Brothers, Jake and Elwood? And one scene in the Blues Brothers, one of my favorite movies of all time, they happen upon the Illinois Nazis. And we hate Illinois Nazis. We do, they do, and they deserved what happened to them. Take a look. You are going to join with us, the members of the American Socialist White People's Party, an organization of decent, law-abiding white folk just like you. It's so ludicrous, it's almost funny. Nobody believes in this stuff, all right? And unfortunately, if you do believe in this stuff, you got the right to talk about it. Those, those people in Idaho, they have the right to talk about it, but not create violence. By the way, the Blues Brothers, I love this. They drove the car onto the bridge, and all those crazy Nazis had to jump in the river. It was beautiful. All right, back to Joe Biden. He's not unifying us, and he continues to destroy the economy. In part, possibly, is he envious of all those rich business executives who got there by way of skill and tenacity and hard work? I think maybe he is a little bit jealous of them. We're going to make sure that everybody knows Exxon's profits. Why don't you tell them what Exxon's profits were this year, this quarter? Exxon made more money than God this year. I'm telling you, there was a hint of jealousy there. Joe, I mean, he's been, in, he's been an important person for 50 years. He should be a rich man, and he's going to tell these executives what to do. These are talented people, by the way. You, don't you can't become the head of Exxon or Chevron or any of these companies by being an idiot, yet there's no telling how far you can go in politics. Joe sent them all a, a stern letter. I think he wanted it to be stern, but it was kind of wishy-washy and all over the place. I am writing to you about the high prices our fellow Americans are paying at the pump and how we can all play a part in addressing them. All right, what's next, Mr. President? In the United States alone, oil refiners significantly reduced their capacity during the pandemic. Next, he writes, I understand that many factors contributed to the business decisions to reduce refinery capacity, which occurred before I took office. What a classic career politician. Not my fault. Also, the crunch that families are facing deserves immediate action. Your companies need to work with my administration to bring forward concrete near-term solutions that address the crisis. And finally, I appreciate your immediate attention to this issue and your efforts to mitigate the economic challenges that Vladimir Putin's actions have created for American families. I thought he said something about before he caught to office. Now it's all Vladimir Putin's fault. He's all over the place. He does not know what to do. He does not know how to talk to these executives. Look, you could deregulate and free up and pull back all these crazy policies that he imposed, but he does not know how to talk to executives. He doesn't like them. He's jealous of them. Donald Trump, meanwhile, he had an ease with them. He really did. There he is with the head of Apple. Um, in some ways, and I know some business leaders, particularly on the left, want to deny this, but he's one of them. They speak the same language. Joe, no. A career politician, he does not, cannot, will not, and even at his, maybe in his prime, but, but certainly not now. And how about this? No chief executive would make public statements undermining a rank-and-file employee. You could get sued for that. You could get in big trouble for that. 
But that's what Joe Biden did to those Border Patrol, I call them the Cowboys. Remember this? Happened in September of last year. I see Border Patrol horsemen doing their job, keeping illegal immigrants out of the country. Those guys are in trouble, and Joe Biden helped put them in trouble. Right now, they're facing administrative violations. Multiple agents will be charged. Use of foul language has been cited. Foul language. You see, anybody who knows about horses and how they're employed can see by these pictures and video that they're not actually doing anything wrong. So they may just go after him for foul language. It's true. Joe, in all of his ignorance, it was on full display when he just had to do something, right? It was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. How about letting the investigation determine the facts first before you say there's going to be punishment? This is so unprofessional and so against, quite frankly, how government is supposed to work. He wasn't the only one, the media, others in government. Everybody wanted the heads of these poor guys just doing their job. You can't whip people's ass with a whip or a rein and say you're doing your job simply because your job gets difficult. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism. There needs to be consequence and accountability. Uh, the, human beings should not be treated that way. And as we all know, it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history. All right. Well, you're all wrong. All of you. Dramatically so. Because these guys were doing a fine job. In fact, turn up the music and let's take a look. This is not evoking images of uh, uh, slavery. They're not rounding these guys up. They're trying to keep them out. And they have studied these pictures. They have looked at them. That whip is not coming into contact with anybody, anybody, except, quite frankly, the horse. And you can have a discussion about that if you want. But they're going after them for foul language. They got to get them on something. You can't look, make the president look like an idiot, can you? All right. So he's not unifying us. Remember, on Inauguration Day, he stood there, that solemn promise. You know, I was thinking about this when Joe was with those executives writing the letter and yesterday giving that ridiculous speech in Philadelphia. Joe knows literally nothing. Anybody with a job or who has had a job, a real job, knows more than Joe Biden, has greater expertise, greater skill. Totally. No matter what that job is, by the way, I don't care if we're talking about a cashier. You could be a lawyer, maybe, or even a sanitation worker. These jobs actually take skill and experience. A nurse or a doctor, a healthcare provider, a teacher, an accountant. You have to study to get these jobs. You really do. A police officer, that takes training. A construction worker. I can go on and on. A waitress, a surgeon, a chef, anything you can think of almost where they pay you, you've got to have some skill. You've got to have some training. Now, I want you to think for a moment about what it is that Joe Biden did to become a United States senator. What did he do? He had a great smile. And that's kind of all you need. He went around asking people for favors and money and for their vote. And there he is telling Exxon executives what to do. He was in the private sector 
if you can call it that, for two years as the low man on the totem pole at the fourth smallest law firm in Wilmington, Delaware. And now he's writing letters to Exxon. By the way, if you really want to be a senator from Delaware, you could probably make that happen. Delaware is not big. Just a quick reminder here, it's very small. In fact, dozens of counties are bigger than Delaware. San Bernardino, California dwarfs the entire state of Delaware, okay? So many counties like this. Uh, Maricopa, Maricopa County in Arizona, like five times the size as Delaware. Clark County in Nevada. Is that the home of Las Vegas? I think it is. Much bigger than Delaware, even, and I was surprised by this, Suffolk County on Long Island. Uh, I grew up in the county right next door, bigger than the entire state of Delaware. So what does that mean about Joe? How do you get a job like that? Donald Trump called it all the way back in 1980 or 81, when he was, even before he was old enough to be president, they were asking him, could you see yourself as president someday? He was that impressive. Would you like to be the president of the United States? I really don't believe I would, Ronald, but I would like to see somebody as the president who could do the job. I would dedicate my life to this country, but I see it as being a mean life. And I also see it as somebody with strong views and somebody with the kind of views that are maybe a little bit unpopular, which may be right, but may be unpopular, wouldn't necessarily have a chance of getting elected against somebody with no great brain but a big smile. No great brain, but a big smile. Sounds like somebody we know, doesn't it? Just a little bit. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No skill whatsoever. Making promises, asking for money, asking for a vote. That's it. What could he tell? Oh, I guess he's qualified to be a lobbyist. And we know about those guys. Well, we're not impressed by them. They don't provide much in the way of value, do they? Although... I'm pretty impressed with an up-and-coming lawmaker. I hope she doesn't become a lobbyist someday. Her name is Myra Flores, right? She's a uh, Republican, first Mexican-born congresswoman ever. She just beat an incumbent. She's fantastic. We are so impressed by her. Yeah, she came to Mexico. She came here legally. It's beautiful. Take a look at her campaign ad. I'm Myra Flores. I was born in Burgos, Tamaulipas, Mexico. Now I am living my American dream. But liberal policies from Washington are tearing our community apart. As a wife of a Border Patrol agent, I pray for his safety now more than ever. I'm Myra Flores and I approve this message because we must secure our borders and keep our families safe. Victor in a special election, she's going to the U.S. Congress and we love it. You know, People who call us ultra MAGA, they have no idea what we're all about. It's about ideas. It's about ideas. They think it's about what people look like. They think that we know better. By the way, some of the greatest heroes in MAGA right now, they're people of color. Some of our very favorites, all right? From Candace Owens to uh, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, Sherry, you name it, all right? These are superstars and just about any one of these folks, I hope, will be president someday, right after Trump. And just remember, when you call us ultra MAGA, I actually take it as a compliment. Joe Biden means bigotry. Take a look at this moment. I think it's beautiful. Says so much. Donald Trump at the 2016 convention. People from all over the world taking the citizenship oath. 
It was wonderful. People from Africa, India, South America. It was great. Just come here legally. And these folks are especially impressive because they have to take an oath of allegiance. I believe you have to basically promise that if it comes to World War III and we need you, you're going to fight. If you were born here, you don't have to do that. Very impressive. And isn't it amazing that um, the guy who says we're racist is racist himself. Take a look at Joe Biden. This he should have had to quit the race after this moment. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. How? How did he get in there? Did he get in there fair and square? I have my doubts, don't you? Stay with us when we come back. George Washington University, that's where they treated Ronald Reagan after he was shot. They are literally taking the George Washington out of George Washington University. A total travesty. Be right back. All All I I can can say... Is that that the fake fake news just doesn't doesn't get get it, it. do they? (laughs) Sometimes this is funny. It's actually infuriating right now. What they say, how they exaggerate, how they overreact, how they lie, has led to the death of many, including police officers, our heroes. The statistics are staggering. Look at this. Cops shot and killed in the line of duty. Look at these increases. And I know, I know it is all related to media So much of it is media exaggeration, say, of the George Floyd situation. Look, uh, it's unfortunate that he died, but this was an incredible overreaction. And key facts about this case were omitted, left behind, that would have perhaps mitigated the reaction. We're seeing cops go down all the time. You know, it's particularly heartbreaking when two officers or more go down at the same moment, responding to the same situation. It happened this week in El Monte, California. This is uh, yesterday, excuse me. Two officers killed in a shootout with a gunman at a hotel late Tuesday night in Harlem earlier this year. Officer Jason Rivera, Officer Wilbert Mora, posthumously promoted to detective, shot and killed during a domestic call. It goes on and on. Uh, Two officers killed in February of 2018. Again, a domestic violence incident. They were called to the scene. 2016 in Dallas, five police officers killed. And you know what triggered a lot of this stuff? Ferguson. Ferguson. Remember what happened there? We were lied to, by the way, what happened. The story about Michael Brown. It was all an exaggeration or an outright total distortion. Michael Brown attacked a police officer. That's why he was shot and killed. And the outrage, the outrage is everywhere, often from media exaggeration. In Brooklyn, New York, in December 2014, two detectives assassinated, assassinated by a nutjob who came to New York to join the riots that were in full swing, permitted, tolerated by New York City's leadership at the time, Folks are upset about a decision to not indict a police officer in a controversial use of force case. Police officers died. Santa Cruz, California, February 26, 2013. Detective Butler, Sergeant Baker, shot and killed during an investigation. These things, fairly routine. And individual officers happening, that's much more frequent. Much more frequent. Um, I got to say, if Liz Cheney can stand up 
and say this about President Trump. Lie like crazy, blame him for January 6th when he's not to blame. I think some folks in media have to do some soul searching. Watch this. On this point, there is no room for debate. Those who invaded our Capitol and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful president. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. Now, that is not true. And it can be proven not true. And we've done it many, many nights right here. But this, what you're about to hear, is true. And they say it out loud. And we believe it has inflamed this wave of criminality and violence toward cops and others. Calls for justice after videos show a white police officer killing a black man in Michigan. Newly released video shows a white police officer shooting and killing an unarmed black man. Police are supposed to protect and serve, but it's clear that they are protecting the beneficiaries of inherent racist policies. And of course, cities have to end the racist policing of black communities. That's where we all started. They're not about one bad cop or one good guy with a gun. Or They're about systemic racism. Talk about lighting a match. That is inciting violence. By the way, just about all of their lying. The greatest threat posed to communities of color is not from cops. There are a lot of factors we could talk about. There are a lot of things. We talked about it last night. Barack Obama wasn't afraid to talk about it at one point. But now it's so hush-hush, so much easier to blame white cops. It's a fiction. It is a total fiction. All right, political correctness gone crazier. George Washington University, a fine school named after the father of our country. Hey, how much longer is it going to be able to hold on to uh, that title? Well, George Washington University may be taking the George Washington name out of the picture. They're already doing away with this mascot, the Colonials, right? And at football games, they dress him up like George Washington. Yeah, GW, George Washington. He's going away because some students said they were offended. After all, George Washington owned slaves. He did. And they're offended. Some kid wrote an article in the Washington Post. He wants the entire name changed. He may get his way for the entire university. We can say, though, we weren't warned. This crazy nonsense started a long time ago. Donald Trump, he was on to it. Five years ago this summer, he issued a warning. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. Changing history and changing culture. They scoffed at Donald Trump. Oh, no, it's never going to happen. It's happened. It's happening. And it's official. It's not just some kids. George Washington University, the administration itself, caved. They always do to the woke mob. Their statement reads as follows. George Washington University's Board of Trustees has accepted the recommendation of a special committee to discontinue the use of the Colonials moniker. What comes next? The board and special committee determined a new moniker will help 
unify the university community and serve as a source of pride. Ooh, pride, pride month, unify. You know, unity is sometimes overrated. Unity of thought, unity, no, I don't want that kind of unity. Do you? Let's be careful about this and let's be strong in opposing it. All right. What happened to Fox News, by the way? They used to be cool. Now they, I don't know, I think they got a lot of Trump haters over there. Something's going on. They brought the guy in the middle there. That's Jonathan Swan from the far left Axios website. They never gave Trump the benefit of the doubt. Take a look at this. What what do you see in Nevada? Do you see a theme yet or do you wait till tomorrow on that? Well, it's a hugely important race, and this is Republicans regard Nevada as probably their top pickup opportunity in November. All right. Thank you very much. We needed this guy from Australia to tell us that Nevada is regarded as an important race. He can come on and give his commentary, but I don't think he should be welcomed on a network like Fox. After what he did to President Trump, to his face in the summer of 2020, he went to the White House to interview Donald Trump. And he was committed to making a spectacle out of himself and the whole occasion. Take a look. There are those that say you can test too much. You do know that. Who says that? Oh, just read the manuals, read the books. Manuals? Read the books. Read the books. What books? What testing does? Sorry, wait a minute. Let me let me explain. A thousand Americans are dying a day, but I understand. I understand on cases it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am, but... It never reached my desk because... Do you read your recent brief? I do. do I you? read a lot. Really? You know, I read a lot. They like to say I don't read. I read a lot. Uh, you read your I, daily I comprehend intelligence brief? Ext- I have never discussed it with them, no. I would. I'd have no problem with it. But you don't believe but you know, the intelligence. It never it's because you don't believe the intelligence. That's why. The U.S. troop level in Afghanistan right now is roughly the same as it was when no, you... No, you're wrong. No. Mr. President, I'm sorry. We have to do... Okay, are you ready? No, no. We'll I need... be down in a very short... It's already planned. Well, well that's, the, that's a different Let question. Me... Tough questions are fine. The lack of respect is a problem. And the faces that he made, and he was doing it for his friends and family. Oh, look at this. What a nut job I'm with. The fake news ate it all up. And it became a bit of an issue for Donald Trump. Why he still meets with these folks, I don't know. I think he has his reasons. It worked. Hey, it's gotten him this far. And Joe Biden can have a meltdown in front of everybody, and the media pretends it's normal. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Now, I was so anxious to hear, what is the fake news going to say about that? Because, I mean, you can't ignore that. That's weird stuff. And the whole speech was like that. Listen to how they pretend that everything's fine here. This speech before about as friendly an audience as President Biden will get. Union workers, as he said, brung him uh, to the dance. Uh, was an opportunity for the president to really test some new themes for this midterm election year. He was savoring the opportunity to talk before a friendly union audience. He said from the very beginning of his campaign, when he got into the 2020 race, that he's a union guy. He wanted to uh, take the opportunity to uh, boast about job creation, low unemployment uh, on his watch to draw sharp contrast with Republicans. Wow. Such insightful analysis. Meanwhile, anybody who saw the speech is like, why is he acting so crazy? Why is he being so jerky and weird and mean and yelling? What about that? No, we're just going to pretend it's normal. So strange. They do so much better if they 
showed us and talked about the obvious. Anybody can see it. Hey, when we come back, the Capitol Hill cops, January 6th, right? Uh, The left likes to say they're heroes. Joe Biden, very interesting, said they're racist. Yes, he did. And he's surprised he did not. uh, Well, when we come back, you got to see it. His own words. He thinks they're racist. Be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Capitol Hill Police. You know, Democrat lawmakers, they've been hiding behind these guys, using these guys. A lot of them I'm not impressed with whatsoever. Mm -mm. But Democrats and Republicans in name only can't heap enough praise at them. You've noticed that, right? The police officers who held the line that day honored their oath. Many came out of that day bloodied and broken. They still bear those wounds, visible and invisible. They did their duty. But we will not lose sight of the fact that the Capitol Police did not cause the crowd to attack. And we will not blame the violence that day, violence provoked by Donald Trump, on the officers who bravely defended all of us. Now, actually, it was a colossal security failure, one of the worst ever, and that needs to be investigated. They won't do that. Um, But something else interesting, Joe Biden's thoughts about the Capitol Police. Now, first, who remembers the summer of 2020, Black Lives Matter, in all the cities, and what they did at the Lincoln Memorial. This was the federal government under Donald Trump ordering this monument will be protected. And I think that was a great idea. We couldn't have that go down, could we? The mainstream media didn't like it, of course. We don't have to wonder what it would have looked like if these were black people. We saw it in June of last year after the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis when there were Black Lives Matter protests in Washington. The National Guard was out. There were layers of them up the steps of the Lincoln Memorial protecting the memorials and the buildings of Washington. You have the National Guard standing and guard of the Lincoln Memorial when they thought that African-Americans would be out there. And then you look at what happened yesterday and the lack of planning. You can't really come to any other conclusion. I wanted the Lincoln Memorial uh, protected, didn't you? All the memorials. I wanted the Capitol protected, too. Joe Biden's reaction to all of this as they're looking into January 6th is fascinating. So he had a problem with this. Actually, his granddaughter called him up and said, oh, daddy, this is uh, this is all wrong. A little over an hour and a half after the chaos started, I got a text from my granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, who's a senior in her last semester at University of Pennsylvania. She sent me a photo of military people in full military gear, scores of them lining the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of protests by Black Lives Matter. She said, Pop, this isn't fair. Not fair. Why not? The memorial was well protected, right? We saw those guys, the National Guardsmen. 
fair or unfair, it was secure. Now, here's where Joe gets very anti-cop. Listen to this. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable. You all know that's true, huh? That if Black Lives Matter had stormed the Capitol, the Capitol Police would have opened fire? These guardians of democracy, they're just racist or something? They would just open fire on the Black Lives Matter? Now, one of them did open fire on Ashley Babbitt, of course, but they would just shoot them all. That's what Joe Biden thinks of cops. Wow. Isn't that something? We'll be right back. Look at this. The destroyed interior of a Christian group, a pro-life group's office in Buffalo, New York. Compass Care, they've been around for 20 years and they're being targeted by presumably pro-abortion activists slash nutjobs. So sorry this happened. Fortunately, nobody was heard. We're joined by Jim Harden, CEO of Compass Care, uh, welcome, sir. Uh, that's terrible. Is the facility totally out of commission? Did they destroy the whole thing? The facility has uh, sustained catastrophic damage. But thank you for having me tonight. It's an honor to be here. And thank you for your bravery and your willingness to talk about abortion. Well, of course. Um, and this should not be happening in America. It's happening not only in Buffalo, but in Wisconsin, Oregon. Uh, did you get any threats uh, after the Roe v. Wade draft decision? Uh, did things become a lot more tense up there? They certainly did. In fact, we had notified the, the local police and uh, the FBI before this even happened. And uh, so they were notified a week ago uh, by smoke emanating from the facility on Tuesday last. And they arrived to find in the middle of the night broken glass and fires lit. Uh, it's, it's the pro-abortion and crystal knock. They unleashed a crime wave, a, a domestic terroristic crime wave across the country. And we just happen to be the, the rece receivers of the most brutal. Now, we know that if these were uh, abortion clinics that were targeted, there would be a national uproar orchestrated by the mainstream media and the left. There's been hardly a word about your facility, sir, and I'm sorry about that. Has yeah. the... Go ahead. Thank you very much. This, if, if the silence keeps up, if the public outcry does not reach the ears of the, uh, of, of the politicians and the politicians remain silent, uh, you know, this, this may very well be the pro-abortion crystal knock. Have the authorities, the police, uh, and uh, have they been responsive? Have they been helpful? They have. Uh, specifically, the Amherst police, which are in, in the uh, first ring suburb of Buffalo, fantastic job. Uh, we, they're working with the FBI uh, across the country to figure out, uh, you know, who's behind this crime ring. Tell us a little bit about the work your group does, and you've been doing it for 20 years or so. Yes, Compass Care's, you know, mission is to erase the need for abortion by transforming a woman's fear into confidence. 
we, we do what we do because of what we believe. Uh, and, and we believe that everyone is made in the image of God and de deserving of protection uh, from the womb to the tomb. We are all equally invaluable and therefore inviolable, not to be violated. And so uh, we're, we're, we're there to help women in their time of crisis, giving her ethical medical care and comprehensive community support in order to see her way clear to having her baby, to give her a true choice. When a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy, she says, I'm stuck, I'm trapped, I've got no other choice. I need to have an abortion. And we say we're here to help you erase the need for abortion. I think they're really picking on the wrong people. I mean, this is just you who could quarrel with what you're with what you're doing. Um, where are you doing it now? Because your facility is out of commission. Yeah, you know, the, the Jane's Revenge, the, the, the abortion terrorist group, their motto is if abortion isn't safe, then neither are you. And they attacked Compass Cares facility, but really what they did is they attacked women, and uh, they wanted to shut us down and, and put us in fear. But we're not afraid, and we didn't shut down. We just simply rerouted our patients to Rochester's facility, and then uh, we were back up and running in an alternate location in Buffalo the very next day serving patients. They didn't stop us, and we'll, we don't, we're not afraid of them, and we're going to continue moving forward. This is wrong. Uh, it's, it's sinful and wicked, and, uh, and they need to be stopped, and we're looking forward to arrests shortly. Excellent. Erasingtheneed.com. People can go for more information. That's the Compass Care website, erasingtheneed.com. Great concept. I'm so glad you're back in business. Sorry you went through this. Be safe. You literally have a target on your back. Yes, we do. It appears so. Thank you, sir. Jim Harden, CEO of Compass Care, to be continued, and we'll be right back. Well, there he is, the Republican nominee for U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania, Dr. Mehmet Oz. He did it. A very competitive primary. He came out on top. Sir, as a nominee for the first time, welcome back to Newsmax, at least this show. How does it feel? Well, it's exhilarating, in part because I get to talk about what I love, which are policies to improve the lives of Pennsylvanians. And, Greg, thank you for the support uh, through this uh, six-month trial of tribulation uh, to win the primary. But together we get to speak to the issues that have really plagued Pennsylvanians in a very precise way. Because if you compare me to John Fetterman, who I'm running against, it's night and day. And you think about Joe Biden being significantly to the left to center. Fetterman's way past him to the left, pulling and squeezing him to become even more radical in his, in, in the, in, on the left and doing things that don't make sense. For example, he's arguing for trillions more thrown at social programs that haven't proven to be beneficial. I want more responsive spending, you know, less reckless spending. He argues that we should curtail, uh, stifle energy production in Pennsylvania and in this country. I argue the opposite. I want an all-of-the-above solution because we can drop energy prices, create great jobs here in Pennsylvania, help our national security, and impact on the inflation, which is a regressive tax at all. And I'll leave you with one last one because it blows my mind. He wants to release one-third of all prisoners in Pennsylvania, including violent offenders. That's the middle of a murder spree in Philadelphia, which last year broke the all-time record. And, I mean, we just had gangland warfare-type shootings on South Street. It's a touristic part of the city. I took my wife, Lisa, who you know, on, on our first date many years ago. So th this can't go on. The people of Pennsylvania have a clear contrast between me and Fetterman. The middle and the right are occupied by me. I will fight to protect our safe families, fight to make sure our borders secure, fight to make sure energy is available to Pennsylvania to thrive. So for Fetterman to do all this crazy stuff, he's got to be, uh, well, he's got to be healthy enough. And quite frankly, I mean, look, he was in the hospital, was in the hospital, uh, a stroke. You're a doctor. 
What do you know about his condition, and do you think he will be able to stay in this race from what you're hearing? You know, there's talk about replacing him. Well, Greg, not only am I a doctor, my specialty area is the heart. Uh, that stated, we know almost nothing about what happened uh, to the Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, and I don't want to speculate. I'm praying for his full recovery. He's got a wife and some young children, and they owe it. Uh, you know, they, they deserve all of our prayers and owe it to each other to keep rallying around to keep him healthy. I have no idea about the medical side, but I do believe he'd be able to serve. My, my concern isn't that. My concern is what he'll do if he's serving, when he's serving. And the radical positions I've outlined are reflective of his career. He revels in that. He endorsed Bernie Sanders, he believes in socialized medicine, to get rid of private insurance. And he called himself and Bernie Sanders the most progressive candidates in America. I'm for making sure the government doesn't get between you and your doctor. By the way, I can go on and on. In almost every major issue, the, the people of Pennsylvania are going to have two stark contrasting options. And I believe we're in the right when it comes to this midterm election. It was a very close race. Obviously, you came out on top. And uh, no, <laughs> no secret, I was pulling for you. But I want to ask you about that weird time from primary night to when you were declared the winner and the other guy conceded. It had to be very stressful. Was there a positive takeaway? Was there something you were able to learn? Everybody wants to win that night. It didn't happen that way. Is there a silver lining to that, to that process you had to go through? There's a big silver lining. And I, I, I think it's that if you want to be a senator, act like a senator. You know, we had opportunities to declare that we had won. Uh, we held back, even though I had people on the ground everywhere and we were feeling pretty confident. I wanted the process to play out. I wanted everyone in Pennsylvania to know that we had allowed a recount to happen, to double check to make sure the math was correct. And when I was certified by the secretary of state as the candidate for the Republicans in this general election, there would be no arguments about it. And uh, Dave McCormick has very graciously conceded the election. Um, and been supportive. And so that's what you want. And today I was with Carla Sands, another one of uh, the Senate candidates who yeah. has endorsed me and was speaking with me at a public event just a few minutes ago. Jeff Bartos is helping with the campaign in a big way, did the same in Philadelphia. Okay. We're getting all the, the GOP candidates to work together to unify our party because we've got a bigger near present danger. He's called John Fetterman. DrOz.com for more information. The election is November 8th, which is less than five months away. It's like four and a half months. It's Time goes really quick. All right, back to work, Dr. Ross. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. God bless you, Greg. Take care. All the best. We'll be right back. Shocking smoking gun evidence of nothing whatsoever. This is Congressman Barry Loudermilk, Republican of Georgia. And on January 5th, he was spotted in his office walking around with constituents. There he is in the suit. Can you see him there uh, next to the woman in the blue shirt? All right. So the January 6th uh, committee, they think this is really, really hot stuff. These folks walking around various um, uh, house office buildings across the street from the actual Capitol taking pictures. This is legal behavior. There was no rioting in the Rayburn House office building or the Cannon House office building. They're trying to make this into something when it's nothing. And it's been hanging over Representative Loudermilk's head, and it's been very, very unfair to him. But look at the media. They just, oh, desperate to stir something, anything up. People don't take don't take these photos. Um, these are these are maybe this this man felt a special um, uh, urge to take photos of these checkpoints. It, it, but it's extremely unusual behavior. It's legal behavior. This is still a free country. It is. 
We have lost our way, but we are fighting back. I hope you stay with us. The new time, 10 o'clock, all right? I'll see you tomorrow night. All the best.